Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open us the door for, for the word so that we may speak the mysteries of Christ for which I have also been bound, that I may make it manifest in the way I ought to speak. And that is Colossians chapter four, verses three and four. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varela, and next to me, the president of Bridge Ministry, Steve Then Hartog. What's up, y'all? It's good to be with you. Also next to me is our resident college uh, scout. I don't know. TD. I gotta, we we got to give you. Daniel here. We, we gotta, I got to get you. I got to get you some title here because I'm always messing. Because I can't call you intern anymore because you got upset at me last time that I called you an intern. because you're S- <laughs> Servant of the Lord. We'll just say there you servant go. Serv- of the Lord. Servant of the Lord. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we got a special guest today. We have co-founder of Desiring God, John Bloom, on his new book, True to His Word, 100 Meditations on, on the Faithfulness of God by Moody Publisher. But before we bring on our guest, we're going to talk about the exciting things that are going on in this ministry uh, as we continue to work for the kingdom amen but but steve come on a lot of stuff going on um well you all know that we have a lot of ways that we reach the community through our podcasts through the uh, conferences that we do the bible studies things like that um recently we were contacted by a gentleman another gentleman from nicaragua Mm. who found our spanish podcasts and wondered if he could use those resources on his radio station in Nicaragua. So, of course, we we encouraged him to do that, and now he's uh, he's accessing all those resources, like the ones from Eduardo Martorano on uh, systematic theology and other ones that we have. So we're super excited about that. Um, that's besides the other gentleman, um, Javier, who also had uh, been using our resources as well. And along those lines, we try to keep, because we're a nonprofit ministry, we try to keep our resources as affordable as possible for people. And so if there's anybody out there that has access to extra Spanish resources, really gospel-focused, solidly biblical resources that uh, you don't have a use for, we're always open for those taking in those donations. So just contact us, send us an email or something, or give us a call, and we would be more than happy to uh, tell you where uh, where to send those. Because, uh, like I said, we try to keep the resources as affordable as possible for people, so that that is not a hindrance to them getting the uh, the books and the resources that they need. So those are just a couple of things we got going on. I know we got other things that uh, Tommy's going to talk about as well. So we have about seven book and Bible studies going on right now, and, and a part of what I get to do is help lead some of these studies, and um, right now going through Disciplines of a Godly Man on, on Fridays with some other men, and um, also Saturdays we're going through Pure by Dean and Sarah with some high schoolers, um, and then I myself sit in on, on Bible studies and book studies as well. And so that's a huge aspect of how we reach the communities, have ongoing Bible and book studies throughout the year, no matter your denomination or background, male, female, like we, we have it all just to equip the saints and, and reach the lost. And then also we have... Um, our ongoing partnership with Birmingham Theological Seminary. We had the president in with us recently, Ike Reeder. Um, again, you can just see the passion that they're not just passionate about right doctrine, but how is this doctrine being taught and, and being implemented in the local church body? And so we're excited to continue to part with, partner with them and have another cohort local cohort starting in September. Um, So if you're interested, whether you're um, a pastor, a deacon, an elder, or just someone that wants right doctrine and implement that in their local church body, um, reach out to us, and we're excited to partner with Birmingham and have you be a part of that. Yeah, um, I think the ministry here, uh, as you guys very well know, is here to support the local church to support the neighboring country of Mexico and Central America and South America to the Spanish speaking community. Uh, Also, as we've been mentioning before, we bridge as actually uh, translated its first book from English to Spanish. Uh, And you guys have heard us mention this before we, uh, we translated complete in him by Michael Barrett, a guide to understanding and enjoying the gospel. 
Uh, this book has been such a blessing to so many people in English here at Bridge as we have done studies. And I think we might do something here in the future as well. For sure. And we got it translated uh, with the help of our friend Adelka Medina. Uh, she is absolutely amazing. And um, we already have it. Uh, we are just now just collecting donations to get this printed out. Again, um, if for our list, our longtime listeners and our worldwide audience, you guys know that uh, everything that we get donated to us gets sent out to the people here of Laredo and people around the world. So uh, just know that everything that you do contribute to Bridge it goes for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Um, and this is just the next project because you know what, guys, Bridge is not going to stop. You know, this is these are the these are the things that we're doing here for the king and, and for his glory. And this is just another chapter of what we're doing here and translating this book from English to Spanish. And again, if we could get this printed out and then hopefully once we get this printed out, uh, we'll continue doing this as uh, we we get funds. And then we sell these resources so that we're able to be uh, good stewards of what God has given uh, this ministry. Yes. And, and and again, uh, and I hope that you guys realize that everything that we do with your contribution and you guys, are, you guys can go back to some of these old uh, podcasts from a couple of years ago. We'll take a penny. Hmm. It doesn't matter. We'll take whatever. Uh, again, we're the just, widow's might. The, the, yeah, the the two leptas. Uh, <laughs> um, so please, please, uh, if the Lord moves your heart into giving for this project or become a regular uh, uh, contributor to Bridge, which helps us out immensely when we're when we're budgeting yes, for the year on a monthly basis, we'll take five bucks, ten uh, ten bucks a month, uh, and, and again, it's for His kingdom. And again, please. Go check out our website at bridgemanlaredo.org. You can see all the latest information of who we are as a ministry. And also you can always, our podcast can be found on Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And we're also on Spotify. Again, uh, it is very important, guys, as uh, uh, because of the help of so many people, we were able to move to a new facility. We were able to, now the ministry, have this uh, 3,000 square foot space with a conference room, extra space for people to do Bible study, a a, a coffee bar mm. uh, where people, I mean, I love just seeing people in the front there do Bible yeah. study, drink their coffee, and then all the Bibles, uh, resources in Spanish, Bibles in Spanish, all the books in, diff in different categories. And, and again, it's only because of you guys mm. that we are here. Uh, again, I mean, we're here because of God, but God uses has means Amen. to to do that. So please, please go check us out. And if God moves your heart to become a regular uh, uh, contributor to Bridge Ministry, we would absolutely appreciate that. You bet. All right, guys, are you guys ready to get the podcast started? Beyond excited. All right, let's do it. John Bloom serves as co-founder and teacher at Desiring God. He has authored and contributed to numerous books, as well as hundreds of articles, all which can be accessed at DesiringGodExcuseMe.org. John and his wife, Pam, have five children and three grandchildren and make their homes in the Twin City. Welcome, John Bloom, to Bridge Radio for the first time. Oh, it's a joy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you, John, for coming on. We are really, really excited uh, for you to come on and uh, talk about your book, True to His Word, 100 Meditations on the Faithfulness of God. Uh, uh, I'm looking very much forward to just talking about your book. It was really exciting. But before uh, we begin, uh, John, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how God drew you to saving faith? Yeah, that's a it's a great question. And obviously, it's a it's a more it's a more complex um, answer than I can than I can give. So I'll do the best I can to summarize. Um, I was raised in a in a family shaped by the gospel, and I and I put it that way because, um, like a lot of families, my family wasn't just wasn't simple. It wasn't a simple experience to grow up in. And um, my parents are both professing believers, so I was raised in in church, an evangelical free church, and that's probably more prevalent up in the Midwest where I'm from. Um, maybe than Texas. I don't know how many evangelical free churches are are in Texas. I know there are some in Dallas, but um, it it was a what I would call a pretty pretty mainstream evangelical 
church. And so that's where I first was drawn to the gospel, was through the witness of the saints of this church, just the faithful. Um, it wasn't a flashy church, but they, the saints there were faithful. They were faithful in teaching the gospel to children. And so it was where I was first exposed to it. I made my profession of faith, and I believe it was, I, I mark it as my conversion. I was about 10 or 11, and I was at a, at a church camp, and uh, the, the gospel was clearly presented, and I felt uh, an in, internal, just compelling to respond. Hmm. Um, I recognized, as best I could at that age, the, the, the beauty of the gospel, the forgiveness of my sins through the death of Jesus, the promise of eternal life um, through the resurrection of, of Jesus. That, to me, was a, an encounter with the Holy Spirit that was genuine. And though, you know, at different points in my life, I've had, I've, I've wrestled with my faith. I've had different, what you might call faith crises or, or faith wrestlings. From that point, that point of conversion, I haven't um, walked away from the faith. And so God is, God's grace has been uh, powerful, sufficient to keep me. His, he has been faithful, as, as we'll talk about here soon. He's been, he's been very faithful. And so... I am the beneficiary of God's grace coming to me through lots, lots of influences. So then I could go, I mean, there, there's numerous folks who are involved, who, who, who factored significantly. My, my older brother, Jim, whose conversion in college was a significant example to me. Um, they were faithful teachers along the way that, that, that taught me more about the faith. Um, and so... I've had a lot of good examples and, and a lot of folks who have discipled me in the faith. Um, so you can ask any further questions about that. Any, <laughs> you can dig into that if you want. But yeah, there you go. no, uh, I, I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And it's, it's the one thing that we do at, ask our author uh, authors um, when they come on to just share how just God drew them saving faith. And it, it's just amazing how just God works and drawing his people to himself and, and each story is different, you know, and, yeah. and, and thank you very much for uh, sharing that with us. Um, why don't we jump right in here and we're going to be talking about your book, True to His Word, 100 Meditations on the Faithfulness of God uh, by Moody Publisher. Um, is there a reason why you chose a devotional format to address this topic? Uh, how have you used this format as a pastoral counselor? Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't my idea, actually, to write a book on the faithfulness of God. It was Trillia Newbell's idea. She She's the uh, acquisitions director at at uh, Moody Publishers now, but I've known her for quite a while, so she's a friend. So I got a phone call from her in the fall of 2020, and she asked if I'd be interested in writing a devotional for Moody, she was. She had come up with this idea. I pitched it to the folks at Moody to 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 do a series of devotion devotionals on the the communicable attributes of God. Mm-hmm. And um, and so she asked if I'd be willing to do one. And and I just we we chatted a bit. And I and I told her I said, well, um, I'd like to do it if 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 I could if I could take the the faithfulness of God. And she says, good, that's what I was hoping you'd do. <laughs> so, um, and, and the reason for that is, is because um, most of, a lot of my writing, so I, I write a lot for this, this online ministry called Desiring God. Um, and I've written some, a little over 750 articles to date. A lot of them um, are addressing some aspect of the life of faith itself. So it's talking about the faithfulness of God. It's talking about our faith in God, our faithfulness, what it's like to walk by faith and not by sight. And so she, because of that, she was hoping I would tackle the faithfulness of God and really. So so that's why I took up the topic. It, so it was, And it wasn't my idea to do it in devotional format. However, now having gone through it, I think it's the right, it was the right approach because, you know, I think everybody understands what the, what you mean by Faithfulness. I mean, just intuitively, everybody. It's not a hard thing to to grasp. I I I, I kind of 
stated in four words which make up the title of this devotional book, true to his word. That's what it means to be faithful. Anybody anybody who's faithful is somebody you can depend upon to do what they say, right? To keep their word. Their 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 behavior is consistent with their beliefs. And so the same thing is true with God. God's God acts consistently with what he says. Now that's not a hard concept, God's faithfulness. And we talk about it a lot in church. But God's faithfulness is not always easy to discern in the in the rough and tumble of life, in the in the trenches of life, in the in the suffering, in the afflictions, in the temptations, in the bereavements, all these things that are part of life that that make life difficult and painful, grievous. Um there's a lot of events in which it's not easy to discern. Is, you know, is, this, is God being true to his word? Now, we might have that as a theological paradigm, but from the, from the appearance of things, uh, it, can, it can seem to us like God just might not be being true to his word. And so the reason I think a devotional format is a good approach to it is because it allows us to take brief glimpses at lots of different ways in Scripture, that God manifests His faithfulness, and I chose out of the the hundred that that are there, I chose many instances in which it was confusing to the people who were experiencing, who were who were trying to hold on to to their faith in God during circumstances that looked like things were going wrong, like like things were not going according to way, the way God had promised. And I chose that because that represents a lot of our experience. Yeah. And I think later on in the podcast, I I do want to just have a conversation about just how the format is when the reader is reading your book. Um, Because there, I mean, here at the bookstore, we have a, we have a ton of devotionals, right? Uh, I've, again, in my lifetime, I've come across really good devotional books and have come across some not so good, you know, and you're just like, whoa, like I'm just lost. But um, I just love how your book is just absolutely set up. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so uh, you were just talking about faithfulness. Can um, In the introduction, you explain in this book, um, it's less about what faithfulness means and more about what it looks like. What do you mean by that? Yeah, it's, it's kind of what I was getting at when I said we, we don't we don't need faithfulness explained mm-hmm. you know so so like if we want if we want a good definition of what um of what faithfulness is besides the four words yeah. that I use in the title uh, you can go to a good systematic theology book um and have 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 the sort of the theological outline of what god's faithfulness looks like and 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 what it means for a christian to believe in the faithfulness of god most people, that's not the area of their wrestling. The area of their wrestling is the apparent inconsistency between a promise that God is making and what their experience looks like at the time. So they don't need it explained as much as they need it pointed out. So what does it look like in this situation? What does it look like when God has made a promise and now my experience looks like it's it's not matching that promise? Hmm. How should I think about that? And and the wonderful thing about the Bible is it doesn't hide that. It like that those those kinds of difficult experiences are all over the place, which is why, you know, why we have psalms that say the things that they do. Like Psalm twenty two, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Opens up that way. You know, it's kind of like it opens up with this question like like you're where are you? You're supposed to be here. I thought you were supposed to be near me. You, fors- you have forsaken me, or at least that feels that way. And, you know, that's a, that's a lot of people's experience. And, of course, we know that quote because it comes from, I mean, Jesus quotes it on the cross, which, which means there was a point in time where Jesus has the phenomenological experience of the, God's presence being withdrawn and being forsaken. He, he says that. So yeah. you have this strange thing where God is feeling God forsaken. And that's the that's the Bible has all those kinds of of examples. It 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 doesn't present a simple 
may say it this way. It's not a simple presentation of God's faithfulness. It's a complex presentation often, which is what we need because life is complex. And so that's what I mean by that. No, I was going to say, especially as creatures of emotion, it's easy for us to, God, this is how I feel and our feelings dictate the course of action and, and our and how we respond rather than like like your title of your book, Taking God at His Word, what does His Word say? Okay, in light of that, that's how I'm living versus these are my emotions and I'm letting my emotions control who I am. Yeah, that's right. So in the book, uh, and you mentioned a little bit, um, you have a hundred meditation on the faithfulness of God. Why choose a hundred opposed to other popular devotional formats that do daily, weekly, annual? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that those were my very questions for Trillia because again, I, I didn't, I didn't nail down mm. the one hundred she did, and and I and I went one hundred Trillia. Are you serious? Like, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> and, and and my first impression was, can I say a hundred fresh things about God's faithfulness? I mean, it's, God's faithfulness is a beautiful thing, <laughs> but a hundred felt like a lot. It didn't take me long, though, at all. Once I once I started getting into it, started and started thinking it over, searching the scriptures uh, with my eyes, you know, look tuned more to to God's faithfulness specifically. That I realized, wow, I mean, a hundred doesn't even begin to touch all the nuanced ways in which God demonstrates His faithfulness. And so, so I feel like a hundred. Little glimpses is is actually better than maybe thirty one or forty or um, or whatever fifty two if you're going to do the the weeks of the year. A hundred might just be more effective in training our eyes to see it, because that's the thing. That's the whole point of this little devotional is is it's meant to train the, the eyes of the heart to perceive God's faithfulness in difficult situations, so that we are more tuned to see it as we're looking around. Um, and as we go through difficulty, yeah, wow, that's so true. I'm, I'm sure his his word is so true that you can probably come up with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And I think it still wouldn't be enough. Uh, John, do you, uh, do you try to cover as many aspects of the faithfulness of God as possible in this meditations, or is there a unifying theme that ties them all together? Yeah, the it's it's more it's more focused on a unifying theme, mm. and um, that unifying theme. Um, it's so it, it's not only ab- around this, but 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 it's it's mainly about suffering, affliction, um, spirit like complex spiritual experiences like uh, uh, the, the the Puritans used to call it um, spiritual desertion, where it feels like God has forsaken you, you know, or, or, you know, the mystical traditions might call it the dark night of the soul, um, or people who deal with faith crises. Uh, but it's, it's all, mainly I'm looking through the lenses of confusion, things that happen to, to us in our experience that lead to confusion. Because my guess is, if you're looking for a devotion focused on the faithfulness of God, you're, it's probably because you're wrestling mm-hmm. with it. If you feel like you're swimming in the faithfulness of God, um, maybe you'd reach for that devotional, uh, but you're you're le- probably less likely to do that um, when it just feels apparent to you. But if it doesn't feel apparent to you, you need encouragement, and you might reach for it. So I'm 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 assuming that many of the readers just need to be encouraged that God is faithful when our perceptions get disoriented and distorted. And, and here is just my next question, though, because um, I'm just as you're saying that, I'm just kind of thinking just myself how uh, the times where I've just wrestled. Right. And seeking out help, you know, material and reading my Bible. You're, you're reading your Bible, but you're just like, OK, these these words are true. And you're trying to grasp these words and make those applications to believe what God is saying is true. 
Why do you think that maybe that disconnects happens at at time? Like, like I'm reading my Bible. I, I hear, I hear his words to be true. Right. But I'm just not making that connection there. Um, and I, I'm just getting off a little bit off the questions here, but I'm just thinking that as you were just saying that, that just popped in my head. Yeah. And uh, feel free to ask any question that comes to your mind because um, you're probably asking questions that other people have. Um, well, there's obviously lots of reasons why we might, why there might be a disconnect. Um, but as it relates to God's faithfulness and as, as it relates to, it doesn't take a lot really for us to get spiritually disoriented. Mm. You're kind of like when you if you, when you get a bit spun around, or let's just say you you're kind of you're, you're you're traversing some unknown land, and you and you you kind of you have your bearings for a while, and you realize I'm not sure exactly where I'm at right now. Where am I? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I feel lost. Okay, well the same thing happens spiritually. We're like we're we and and you know God. Our good shepherd leads us in various kind of terrains. So sometimes it's wonderful. You know, sometimes he leads us, you know, beside quiet waters and, and, in, and into green pastures and restu- restores our soul. And sometimes he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. And in, the, and in those, those kinds of valleys, we, we can be easily disoriented. We get disoriented because there's frightful things, things that cause fear. Fear disorients you. When there looks like inconsistency between events as they're unfolding and promises that you understood God to, to make, and you can't make those those exactly work, it, uh, so, suddenly it introduces a, a level of uncertainty. Now, wait a minute, am I getting this wrong, or is God just not is is God just not being keeping His word, or what, like what is going on here? That's disorienting. Hmm. That. Anything that introduces uncertainty into our soul for some reason is going to create some dissonance. You can call it dissonance. You can you can call it disorientation, where you kind of lose your bearings. That's a that's a disconnect right there. And when you ha- when you have that kind of a disconnect, you have to then begin to exercise the spiritual discipline of walking by faith and not by sight. Or one way that I tend to say it to, in in modern parlance would be trusting God's promises over our perception, which I think Tommy was kind of getting at in terms of not letting your emotions rule what you're, you have to, you have to, it's, it's, it becomes a discipline at that moment to trust the promises of God. That's where you're going to put your feet more than the way you're perceiving things. That's the spiritual discipline of faith when you are find yourself in, in, in some place of uncertainty or some place of dissonance or some place of disorientation spiritually. It takes intentionality to take a promise and say, I will, I'm going to trust your word. I'm going to trust that you're going to be true to what you promise here and that the uncertainty that I'm feeling, I'm not going to put my feet there as if, my, as if I'm going to trust my perceptions, that I'm just getting this right that I'm wise enough to know what what you're doing, you know, but it takes, that's, that's a, that's an exercise of faith. Yeah. There's a, a, a quote I came by from John Piper. I'm pretty sure it's from desiring God, which I utilize like every week. <laughs> if you don't know about desiring God, you're, you're sleeping on a huge resource <laughs> and wealth of information um, that can edify your faith. Um, but Did, John Piper said, uh, my feelings are not God. God is God. My feelings do not define truth. God's word defines truth. My feelings are echoes and responses to what my mind perceives. And sometimes, many times, my feelings are out of sync with the truth. When that happens, and it happens every day in some measure, I try not to bend the truth to justify my imperfect feelings, but rather I plead with God, purify my perceptions of your truth and transform my feelings so that they are in sync with the truth. It's that whole perception aspect of it that you were getting at that's um, pivotal. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Did you, did you did you write that for Piper or did uh, did Piper write himself? <laughs> no, John can handle those himself. <laughs> Doesn't need my help. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah, Mendeka. I, I was just going to say that when I read some of the meditations, I kept thinking about your other book, "Don't Follow Your Heart." Mm-hmm. Um, God's ways are not your ways, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, sometimes we, we perceive things and we think that's what it is, but we shouldn't follow that Mm -hmm. because it's not God's ways. So I think that other book that you wrote, Don't Follow Your Heart, it's, it's a beautiful um, compliment to this one because um, it just reminds you that don't listen to yourself, but preach to yourself truth. And um, the meditations were wonderful. So your other book is excellent too, by the way. And Doug, I had to put that plug in there. We you can we have them here at Bridge Ministry, so you can get uh, all of other John's books here. So please don't forget to stop by. Um, as we move on forward, uh, John, looking at some of the topics that you address in the book, let's discuss a few of them and how they demonstrate God's faithfulness. Um, specifically, let's look at number four. Obviously, we can't go through all of them. That's a lot. And this podcast is only certain, uh, uh, about 40 minutes long. Uh, and two, we want you to go get the book. So we're not going to spill all the beans here. But let's look at number four. <laughs> um, and number four in your meditation is uh, this I call to mind. I meditate, yeah. I meditate on Lamentations th- uh, chapter 3, verses 21 to 23, arguably the most famous verses on God's faithfulness in Scripture. In the context of the book, arguably the saddest and most tragic in Scripture. Can you just talk a little bit about that uh, meditation number four in the book? Yeah, I mean, in, in many ways, I, one of the reasons I put this meditation up toward the front in chapter four is because the book of Lamentations is like like a book length example of what of what I mean here. So you've got this author who is living or ha, like has lived through or is living through the Babylonian conquest of Jerusalem, you know, of Judah, the southern kingdom and and what he has witnessed in this and writes about in this poem, and, and that's because the whole book are lar- is largely a poem. So he, he puts this, this lament in poetic form, but he, he's experiencing the, the destruction of the holy city. He's, he has watched, you know, priests slaughtered. He's watched women get raped. He's, he's watched men get enslaved. He's watched old people and, and children get slaughtered in the streets and their bodies are left there to dry mm-hmm. up. And, and I mean, what he's, what he's witnessed is horror. And the worst thing in, in the Old Testament that could happen, which is the, the destruction of God's, of the place where God's presence was dwelling among his people. And he's trying now he he knows some things. He knows that that these things have been prophesied. So there is a sense in which he understands God as being faithful, but he's also wrestling with all kinds of questions about about what this means about God's faithfulness to to restore His people because it, it looks like His people have been decimated, just destroyed. And and the and the the beloved verses that I refer to are like smack dab in the middle of the book. So Lamentations three, you know, it goes like really from verse twenty one through through twenty four. But we, but we know, you know, the, the 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 words. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, and His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now, if we understand the context of what was just written in the first, from the beginning of chapter one up until this point in chapter three, we, we, we would feel with the writer the horror that he's been experiencing. And the fact that just a couple of verses before he said, he says that, that his soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. My endurance has perished and so has my hope from the Lord. And so then what does he do? He says, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So something is reviving his hope. Everything he sees around him is pointing to the fact that God has forsaken his people in anger. But he remembers, he remembers um, all kinds of promises. And if you, 
Well, this is something I noticed um, and when I was reading this section and meditating on it is there are echoes in, in, in chapter 3 of Lamentations that, that you can hear when you read Psalm 103. Just, like, just read it. And I and I refer to it in this in this um, in this devotional. You can you can get it there too, but he's recall. So you can kind of get where he's recalling the promises. What promises he's recalling that revive his hope and give him restore his peace. And what it is is God's promises. It's n- nothing has changed in his circumstances as far as we can tell. Nothing has changed. What's changed is he's called to mind what God has promised and that God in the past has been true to his word and he will do even now what he has promised for his people and therefore he has hope. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. I really, again, thank you for painting that picture as God is bringing judgment on his people. Right. I mean, it, it was, it, it, the scene must've been so horrific as you described earlier that man, I I'm I'm just trying. I'm just thinking right now, would I be able to handle that scene? Right? right. I mean, where again the gruesomeness of of the death that is just surrounding uh, the city this the, the, in this time and 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 just the be- like, where do you run to? Where's your hope? Like when you see just death all around you. That's right. And, you know, when we sing songs like, um, you know, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. That's not a bad song. I mean, it's not like, like, like I'm not going to critique the, the truth of that song. But we, it's easy to just see that through a very simplistic mindset. When we say God is good all the time, we're saying that God is good when he, our lives are flooded with blessing that's often what most people feel are like that's what that's either what they're talking about or what they want at the moment but he's also good in like his he was not he was not not being good here in lamentations when when he was fulfilling his word about his justice and he was bringing judgment upon the people that he had said he had been talking about for centuries now but but so god's goodness is is no trite thing. God's faithfulness is no trite thing. And that's why we need to see his faithfulness and his goodness in the darker moments of redemptive history as much as we see it in the bright moments of redemptive history. God is all God is good all the time. But that that what that means is when we suffer various kinds of decimations and you know and, and not necessarily because god is judging us but because we live in a in a world that's subjected to futility and a world in which in which all of us suffer the judgment of death in those moments we can say god is being god is true to his word and god is good and and the hope that can that revives us is not necessarily because everything is nice and cheery now but we know that he has promised a future and a hope yeah. to his people, no matter how dark it gets now. Amen. Um, John, as we start landing the plane, this has been going by really quick, but um, what is your favorite chapter and why? I'm one of those people that don't that really struggle. Anytime somebody asks me for my favorite anything, I mean, I don't have a necessarily a favorite color or necessarily a favorite ice cream, necessarily a favorite verse in the Bible or necessarily a favorite chapter in this book, hmm. because it all depends on what I'm go- I'm experiencing at the time, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it would be my favorite because it's what happened, whatever I seem to need the most or what is giving me the most hope. I do have a sentimental favorite, which is right toward the end of the book. I had a friend who passed away from cancer a few years back. And um, I wrote a, this actually is also on the on the DG site, most part. I think it's so. This is this is is it ninety nine? Yeah, so chapter ninety nine, the last, the second to the last chapter in the book, and I titled it "You, my friend, are the glorious grass of God," 
And this is really talking about, you know, unless, unless the Lord returns, we are all going to suffer the experience of physical death. And that's, a, that's why writers of, of the Old Testament um, often, like, like Moses in, in Psalm 90, just talk, and talks about we're, we're like grass that is renewed in the morning and the evening it fades and perishes. I talked about the grass-like, the glorious grass-like nature of my friend's life who just passed away from cancer and, um, and why it was more beautiful as I contemplated it, this gentle, quiet man, it was more beautiful than the, you know, than, than these than great artworks. And really, the more I thought about it, the more captivating, it was more captivating than, you know, these action movies. There is no nothing ordinary about anybody's life. There is no ordinary human being. Every human being captures some facet, some representation of who God is, the image of God, and manifests that image in their time, in their place. And they are, every person is glorious in their own, even even as fallen as we are, um, it's beautiful. And so that's my sentimental favorite because um, it, it, it's... It's some, it's poetic prose, and it it gave me as I wrote it, just a little more insight into the beauty of what it means to be human and the sorrow of what it means to be human, can, to lose somebody you love. Can you just talk about the hope of seeing your friend again, just briefly before yeah. we land this plane? Because I I think that's important too, as we grieve family, friends, people who are close to us. Maybe you can touch on that a little bit. Yes. Yes. And, and I do land the plane there, as you said, in, in this chapter. And here's how, I, here's how I did it. We know a day is coming when the epic story of this quiet grass-like man has always been far more thrilling, the best novels and the greatest films. And we will marvel that we ever considered such a thing ordinary. Someday the curse will be reversed, and we will not have the patience to watch the millisecond epics of cinematic mass murder that captivated the imagination of fallen man, not what is playing out before us in vibrant colors now inconceivable to us, the gloriously wild, real story of everlasting grass that having burst from the ground is alive with the light of the undying star. And that's what all of us are who are, are believers in Jesus. We are, yes, we are like grass. We will always be like grass, but someday we will be everlasting grass, basking in the light of the bright and morning star forever, enduring forever. And um, knowing each other, watching each other. Now, you know, it, like we will not get bored with one another in heaven as we watch this everlasting grass grow. It's not going to be like, oh my God, how boring. We will be <laughs> captivated. Look at what's developing forever. And we will wonder that we ever tolerated what all the, all the little buzzes and squeaks that we find so in, in, you know, so enjoyable, so entertaining now, because we will be watching the substance of life, this this glory. We will glory in each other. We will see the facets of of God without the cloudiness of and and muck of the fall and sin. We're gonna see. We're gonna see beauty unveiled, and without pride and without sin. Without comparing, you know, oh my gosh, they're greater than me. You know, like we will only have worshipful admiration of each other, worshipful Godward worship, as we see the beauty of what God has made in each person. And my gosh, we could sit here all afternoon and talk <laughs> <Yeah>. about <laughs> um, what that's going to be like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow. 
Wow, that that is amazing. I, I have chills right now. Um, John, uh, thank you for coming on. But before uh, we end the podcast, can you do us the favor of sharing the good news of the gospel to our worldwide audience today? One of the songs that, that um, I learned, I don't know, 15 years ago now, it's, it's called The Gospel Song. And uh, it goes it goes like this. Um, if I can remember the first the opening words, God in His holiness became man, perfect man, to bear my blame. On the cross, He took my sin, and by His death, I live again. Which is basic. That's that's the gospel in its simplicity. God in His holiness became man so second corinthians 5 21 he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god in him god who is sinless became sin so that we who are sinful might have that might he would absorb it take it we who are sinful might become sinless and that we who were judged guilty for rebellion against sin might be, uh, become reconciled to God, and not just reconciled to God, but adopted as his children. And that he would grant to us his very life, which is eternal. When we say, we, when we say that, that eternal life is given to those who believe in, in Jesus— when we say God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life, it's we are given the life of God, restored. Restored not only to what man was, men, men and women were when they were first created, Adam and Eve, but something beyond that. We become we share in his life. We become in Christ. We, sh- we share in his life forever. So there's, a, there's many ways to, to say the gospel, but that's, I think, what's at the core is those of us who are alienated by sin can have it completely, completely taken by Jesus' death on the cross and be his righteousness so that we can stand before the Father unafraid, unashamed, no longer guilty, and will live forever with in joy with him. And that's when the adventure begins. Wow. Wow. Amen. Amen. John, thank you very much for coming on Bridge Radio. For listeners, please go get the book, True to His Word, 100 Meditations on the Faithfulness Faithfulness of God by John Bloom by Moody Publisher. John, uh, where can people find you if you want to be found to read your articles, get your books, um, have questions? Yeah. Um, really, you can go right to desiringgod.org and, you know, the in, this, in the little search box up in the on the right-hand side, you'll see the little magnifying glass. You can just type in John. Now, my name is J-O-N, short for Jonathan. Last name is Bloom, B-L-O-O-M, like a flower. And uh, you type John Bloom there, and it will take you. Um, I think the very first thing that will come up will just be my name, and you can click that, and it will take you to where all where you can find all the articles that I've ever I've ever written and um you can uh you can email me at john.bloom at desiringgod.org if you want to email me and i'd be happy to take anybody's requests or whatever whatever they like to to throw my way so. <laughs> awesome well there you go ladies and gentlemen please again go get John Bloom's book, True to His Word, 100 Meditations on the Faithfulness of God, and by Booty Publisher. John, thank you very, very much for spending an hour with us today. 
Um, we went a little bit longer, but thank you again. You don't know what a blessing this is to have you on and talk about your book. Uh, we're in a small border town here. And, and one of the things that the ministry does is to reach out to people here in Laredo to get really, uh, uh, solid biblical tr- uh, books here, and 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 we appreciate what you do at Desiring God, and and again, thank you for the work that you do for the kingdom. We really do appreciate you. Oh, thank you. That's that's a great honor even to have you say that. Thank you. Take care. Right. Bye bye. Bye. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode with John Bloom co-founder of Desiring God on his new book, True to His Word, 100 Meditations on the Faithfulness of God by Moody Publisher. TD, what did you think about the podcast? Really good. Um, as, as you had mentioned earlier, like he's very precise in, in what he says and, and, and what he wants to t- and how he responds. And um, I mean, just the fact that we get so caught up with our circumstances, our emotions and um, our perceptions of things and, and that dissuades us from from going to god at his word and and knowing like god is faithful no matter my circumstances no matter my feelings god is true to his word and there's that beauty and sorrow being human but then there's there he captivated the podcast with just um seeing his friend one day right um on the other side which is a good hope for us as believers yeah and one thing i didn't didn't mention in the podcast excuse me is that the way the book is laid out i really appreciate he starts off with a bible verse uh and the top of his book and and then he has the heading he ends with a prayer and then he continues on with uh more meditations that includes bible verses everything is just bible centered in 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 each chapter that he's talking about and again you can read the whole devotional for each chapter in like I right, 10 minutes I mean if that and everything is just rooted in scripture I really really love how this devotional is set up so please again guys worldwide audience go get the book go if you're overseas you know go online buy the book reach out to desiring God uh, I'm sure you can uh, find it there uh, or if for our, our local uh, community, please stop by at Bridge Ministry and get the book. I mean, this is a great book that you can do in a group setting as well or at home with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, again, really, gr- really good devotional. One of one of the better devotionals that I've s- seen come out here uh, lately. So please, please go get the book. All right. Well, guys, uh, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. And like we always like to end the show, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. To next week, guys. Goodbye.